Welcome to Solutions Cast, a CFC podcast that highlights cooperative network projects and leader stories, as well as economic and energy industry insights. I'm your host, Rick Taylor. Today, I'm here with Jeff Wadsworth, President and CEO of Poudre Valley Rural Electric Association, located in Northern Colorado. Also here with me from PVREA is Energy Resources Specialist, Tony Francone and engineer, Jeremy Eldridge. This spring, CFC published a special report, Building Energy Resilience, How Electric Cooperatives Are Mitigating Extreme Weather Effects. The report looks at some of the different approaches electric cooperatives are taking to prepare for and adapt to weather-related disruptions. One of the cooperatives featured in this publication is PVREA for its use of a microgrid and battery storage system to enhance resilience for the Red Feather Lakes community. Red Feather Lakes is a remote mountain community that faces frequent challenges from wildfires, winter storms, and even tornadoes. Today, we are going to be speaking with our guests to learn more about this program. But before we get into specifics, let's begin with some introductions. Yeah, thanks, Rick. It's, it's great to be here. I'm Jeff Wadsworth. I'm the president and CEO of Poudre Valley REA, PVREA for short. Uh, I've been with the co-op uh, for approximately 14 years. Yeah, I'm Tony Francone. I'm the energy resources specialist here at Poudre Valley REA. Um, I've been in the cooperative world since 2001. I'm, a, as we jokingly like to say, I'm a recovering lineman. Uh, moved on from the outside crew to the inside crew back in 2017 and have really gotten behind the kind of energy efficiency, resiliency, and, and uh, renewables uh, kind of goals that we have here at Poudre Valley REA. Uh, my name is Jeremy Eldridge. I'm one of the engineers here at Poudre Valley. Uh, I wear many hats, so whether it is capacity planning, project management, uh, or doing engineering studies, uh, those are all going to be things that kind of fall under my purview, including learning about and project managing the technical aspects of the Red Feather Lakes microgrid. Jeff, what can you tell us about PVREA's service territory and some of the challenges that come with serving your territory, especially a community like Red Feather Lakes? Yeah, Rick. So PVREA, we provide um, electricity to 52,000 homes and businesses in northern Colorado. Uh, we're about an hour north of Denver uh, along the interstate I-25 corridor. But not only do we serve the corridor, we also uh, reach up into the foothills and the mountains of, of Colorado. Uh, in our service territory, just because of that, we're vulnerable to extreme weather events uh, from snowstorms, ice storms, wind events. Uh, we've even had a tornado up in, in the Red Feather area. It's uh, the, the what makes Red Feather... Uh, very unique uh, is where it's located at. It really is a, a, a with a remote uh, part of our service territory that has one line going to it. So it's it's definitely uh, has and uh, encountered uh, service disruptions just because of those uh, extreme weather events or even a car uh, hitting one of the, the the lines that serves that. So uh, prior to the microgrid, uh, they were very much exposed to that town. What can you tell us about how the microgrid project came about and how does the project fit within uh, PVREA's mission? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what makes this special is 
uh, what this hub, this microgrid hub of, of the critical community services that it provides. It's, you know, the, the fire and emergency and, and medical services, uh, you know, the, the library uh, has broadband uh, up in the area and is uh, along with shelter. There's a community meeting building up there. They actually call it the bingo hall uh, as well, but that's a great place for shelter. Uh, certainly all the telecommunications, there's fuel, there's food, there's water, uh, grocery store, uh, general supplies, and, and there's even a post office uh, that, that this serves. So it truly does fit kind of that critical community uh, services and, and, and make sure that those, all those areas are stood up during an extended outage. And, and, and our mission and in our purpose is, is to serve our members. And, and it really falls into that cooperative principle number seven, uh, concern for community. And uh, it really was an outreach. It first started at the community level by the fire department uh, that they were looking to, how can they have a, a hub here when it comes to uh, making sure that they have a resilient uh, station there, uh, as well as the library uh, up there to be able to have a community shelter uh, situated with it. And so it really was community recognized a need and, and they engaged with us. And then we decided after conversations to you know, really make it big, to make it where it was to be able to provide that 365, 24-7 power, uh, regardless of weather events, regardless of, of what takes place. We are going to be able to be there uh, for them like we always have. But now, even during those extreme weather events or those car accidents, what, what have you, we are there, and, and that really is our, our core of our mission, uh, is centered and, and has been and continues to be centered around our members. Tony, who else was involved in this project, and why, from a technical perspective, uh, was this collaboration so important for this project? Yeah, Rick, you know, as Jeff mentioned, the community really banded together on the microgrid at the outset. And Poudre Valley REA was brought on board as part of that essence of cooperative spirit. You know, the, some of the partners we had kind of on the ground partners in the area in, in Red Feather itself, we had the Red Feather Volunteer Fire Department. We also had the community library in Red Feather, and then actually their community association. You know, there's a community building that's a part of this microgrid scope where gatherings can be held and things like that. So all three of those partners definitely pushed this project forward. And we did some technical things within those three partnerships to make sure that we were pushing this microgrid onto the most efficient product we could. You know, so we did some efficiency work at the fire department and in the form of insulation, air sealing. We did some LED lighting, you know, some destratification fans, some on and off peak type things that really made the fire department the most efficient product that it could be moving forward for the microgrid. At the library, you've done some work as well as far as some of their heating and cooling. They've they've done some LED projects so to get them as efficient as possible. Uh, all same same with the community building. Done some insulation work and some some you know some LED lighting work over there. So there's also some solar up there in the area too that kind of pushes into this project. So, you know, from a community standpoint, those three were really kind of the, the, the boots on the ground start to this whole project. Then, of course, you know, we wanted to lean on knowledge and experience from some specialized vendors that we also brought in through an RFP. We used a vendor uh, by the name of Encorp up there to, to, to kind of lead us or guide us in that walk. You know, they're, they're experts in, in, in the microgrid uh, community. So we really leaned on them as far as you know, the, the, the technical work that, that Jeremy's going to get into here a little bit later. So 
you know, we also used our, our, our uh, generation and transmission provider, Tri-State. Uh, they were an integral part of the of the process through some funding and, and any other kind of support that they could provide. So, you know, we really leaned on them. And then, of course, also NRECA, you know, our, our, our nationwide cooperative association. Not only did they help us with some of funding of their own, they also introduced us to the Department of Energy, where we are also able to get some funding and some very important firefighting training as well there at the microgrid. Excellent. Excellent. Let's talk a little bit more about the technical details of the project. Jeremy, what can you tell us about the different components involved and PVREA's decision-making to use these components? Sure. So there were a couple of different pieces involved in this. Uh, We have uh, an 8KW solar array that sits on top of the Redfeather Lakes uh, library, as well as a 130KW propane generator and 140KW, 446-kilowatt-hour Tesla power pack battery. Both the generator and the Tesla unit, the the BESS, as we'll call it, battery energy storage system, are located at the local fire department, which is immediately across the street from the library. As far as selection for it, the vendor that we were referring to, Encorp, they helped us size the battery appropriately based on the load information that we had in the area and then also to allow for some growth in the future and make sure that it was still large enough to serve that downtown area of Redfeather Lakes uh, in an outage situation. The the solar array uh, kind of ended up being a bonus piece. That was something that the library wanted to have and we just needed to make it work with the microgrid, which it integrates very well. The propane generator was existing, uh, so it was originally just a backup generator, and we went ahead and utilized it for support for the for the battery system. Uh, it was originally intended to be able to support the entirety of the load of the microgrid, as well as even potentially charging the battery, uh, which would allow us to more or less run it indefinitely as long as we had fuel. However, we did discover later on that the generator was not capable of its nameplate output or actually anywhere close to that. So runtime on a high load scenario is somewhere around six to eight hours. Uh, What are some of the real world scenarios where the system has been put to the test? Uh, We've had a couple of uh, scenarios so far. Uh, Actually, shortly after it went online, uh, only in the matter of a couple of weeks, we needed to de-energize the transmission that fed that whole area uh, so that we could finish the final steps of installing some switches for some sectionalization. We ended up utilizing that microgrid and running it for about eight hours that day, and that was without the generator, so that was entirely on battery power. Uh, And then we've had a few different uh, shorter outages, uh, unplanned outages, and it's turned on and functioned exactly like it was supposed to for those. Uh, Looking back on PVREA's experience with this project, what are some lessons learned that you would share with another co-op leader who is considering something similar? Well, I I think probably one of our biggest lessons learned is that um, you don't know what you don't know and to go in there not assuming that it's going to go perfect. And understanding you're going to have some pitfalls along the way. This is really somewhat new technology uh, for for the utility uh, world and certainly the co-op nation. Uh, 
And so uh, I think one of the bigger lessons learned that we look forward to is, is be able to share our experience when it comes to the controls, how those work and, and how important it is to be able to synchronize with your system. Uh, the, the battery, uh, how that moves and, 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 and actually comes on and when it doesn't come on and how you integrate the, the solar and, and isolate the system. Uh, it, it can all be done, uh, but setting that expectation, knowing that uh, you're going to have these challenges and these pitfalls, uh, and, and as long as your team recognizes that, and, and now luckily is not, not only ourselves, but many others within the co-op nation have been moving forward with these type of projects, you can really start leaning on, on those. And that's certainly something we hope to be able to do is, is share our experience. Uh, at least from a technical respect, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily make it a good idea. What I'm specifically referring to is that generator set that we went ahead and integrated into the microgrid. Uh, ultimately, the amount of time and energy and money that we spent integrating that asset would have far exceeded the replacement cost of that asset. Uh, we could have purchased a new generator that would have been intended to operate in parallel, where this one was originally just a backup unit, and this unit was probably 10 or 15 years old when uh, when we chose to integrate it into this project. So it's probably nearing end of life as it is. So ultimately we were trying to integrate that so as not to, to waste the asset, but it was not a good idea. As far as the, uh, as the rest of the project is concerned, one of the things that we learned is we need to be very specific with the RFP and the deliverables that are expected. We discovered with our first round of the RFP that we were not nearly, nearly specific enough for what we expected as deliverables in the end. And so you have to be extremely specific. Uh, otherwise, vendors either don't know exactly what you're after, so they bid on the high side, you know, to allow for that lack of specificity, or, you know, you get toward the, the end of a project and getting ready to close it out. and realize that you didn't specify all of what they needed to have done and working by the time that project closed out. So that was a, a pretty big thing. You want to be sure that you're working with a vendor that has a great deal of experience in the microgrid space because this is cutting edge technology. It's not common. You need to have a vendor that really knows what they're doing. And, you know, in along that same line is you want to get it as turnkey as possible. So you want to try to keep as much of the technical expertise in the vendor's hands uh, as opposed to doing it yourself, in my opinion. They've got experience with it, you know, trying to custom engineer a solution for something that's complicated as opposed to going with something that is relatively out of the box tends to make it considerably more expensive than it would have been otherwise and take a lot longer for that project to complete. Yeah, and, and I would just add, you know, those community partnerships, I think, are so important in a, in, a, in a, you know, a project like this, you know, finding those people who are engaged and, you know, real, really willing to, to dig their teeth into a project, you know, the, I, I would say it's not for the faint hearted. Luckily, Poudre Valley REA, you know, we had those partnerships. So I think that was really just a great addition to the scope as a whole. Excellent. I'm very pleased to hear that. So, Jeff, now that the microgrid has proved to be a success for PVREA, 
what's next? Would you consider doing another project of this type on a different part of your service territory? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had great success with this and we're actively actually looking. We've been able to look at four to five different areas, remote parts of our service territory, again, and really looking towards those community areas, fire districts, uh, water districts, what have you, to where we can partner with the communities in, in these isolated areas that it'll make sense to stand up these microgrids, again, for resiliency purposes. Uh, and there's certainly, as we have moved forward, a lot of interest in these type of projects uh, among our membership and among the uh, among these isolated communities that we serve. Uh, I would say, yeah, we would we would consider doing it again. Given the lessons learned, I think that we could come up with a successful project and have it commissioned in a reasonable length of time, as opposed to how long it took us to get through this one. But I I'd be game. Yeah, and I'd add to Jeremy's comments, we've already identified some areas that we think could benefit from this technology. So looking into the future, um, you know, I think it'll be fairly simple for us to identify where these need to go and then find those partnerships to make it work. Now, having the knowledge that I have now going into it and knowing what what to expect for what should come out and the grade of materials and you know, what integration really looks like with all these different pieces, parts, uh, write a good RFP, make sure that what you want done is well outlined and away we go. Well, it is a very exciting project and we can't thank you enough for taking the time to be part of our podcast, to share these exciting details about what you're doing at PVREA. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And a pleasure as, as well for us. And certainly we really truly appreciate the partnership we have with CFC and everything that CFC brings to the table. Without them, uh, it would be difficult to be successful uh, as, as we chart this, this new era of this energy transition. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Solutions Cast. Be sure to subscribe to get the next episode and check nrucfc.coop slash solutions for more electric cooperative news.